Hallelujah. We can learn a, learn a lot from them. Amen. Are you excited to be here tonight? I'm glad you're here. What a great, sir, I want to welcome you again. Stand up. Somebody. <laughs> Some of you are like, what's so special about him? Well, let me tell you right now. He walked from the location of the outreach to be here tonight. Somebody say that's hunger. We're so glad you're here, sir. We're so glad. If it was everything was just for you, we're happy. Praise God. God loves you. God has a wonderful plan for your life. This is a place where people's lives are never the same. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a awesome to be a part of the family of God. Amen. And experience the power of love, which is the power of God. Glory to God. Well, praise God. What a great looking, I don't know if it, crowd is a good, or family. Amen. I'm just looking for the game. Shout out to Ila for making those homemade fresh chorizo and bean tacos. See, how are you going to do me like that? Can't eat them before I have service. Well, we'll enjoy them, though. God. Trying to stay skinny here. Anyways, praise the Lord. Well, I know the Lord has done great things. We were rejoicing because of what he did yesterday. All the, the souls, 180. Amen. I've been hearing a lot of great testimonies of what the Lord has, has done. And, you know, testimonies are awesome because you, you tell of the goodness of God. You tell of the goodness of God and God gets the glory. And others receive hope when they hear of what God has done in your life. Amen. Testimonies glorify the Lord. It's a victory that has been won in your life. And so, this is what I want to do. If you're here tonight, it's Sunday night, amen. Uh, if you have a testimony that you want to glorify the Lord tonight, tonight's a good night, amen. Just wave your hand. Wave your hand at me and let me look at you. But don't think about it too much. Because one, raise their hands. Keep raising your hand. If you have a testimony tonight, I want you to raise your hand. And then, okay, who else? All right. I might not pick on everybody. And if I don't pick you, don't get offended. And if you get offended, your class, that's classes for you tonight. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> My friend Becca, come up here. Awesome. Let the Lord lead you, amen, because the Lord has done great things in your life. How long has it been? Is this on? So. Hello, hello. Oh. Okay. Now it's How on. long have you been coming here? For about two months now. Two months. You and your yeah. husband. Yeah, me and my husband. Came for the first time. In the red over there. <laughs> In the red over there. Husband, yeah. shout out to the husband over there. And um, I, I, know you're, I, I know you have a, a specific, but just, so it's been two months mm -hmm. and um, you never thought what was going to happen. No. Go so ahead. I think for me, like my family and friends and those around me are shocked that I'm like all for Christ right now. Um, they don't understand it because when they look at me, they think that what I would be like the last person. And the reason I say that is because wow. back then, you know, my husband's brother was dedicated to Christ and 
and I hate to say this now, but the entire family would make fun of him. And we would th- consider him like a Bible thumper. And we just, at the time, didn't get it. Right. Like, like they taught us in church, you know, natural people don't understand. And, the, and it's so true because before we were saved, there's a lot that I just, I didn't get. I didn't get it. Um, and then now, like, my eyes are open. I'm like, and it's, you know, life is just, it's, it's so different, though. Like, you become so grateful for all that you have. And, and you start to see the things that you were doing, like, before, you know, I cursed up a storm. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I was so double-minded. Um, and even then, now I tell people, I'm like, well, because I had this conversation with my mom. And, and she's like, Rebecca, you were fine. I'm like, no, but you don't get it. I didn't realize that I was lost until I was saved. Um, so like background on me for a long time, I had depression and anxiety and stress. And I thought all of that was normal because that's what the world wants you to know. That's what they want. They want you to think, but the truth is it's not, that's the enemy. Um, but by the grace of God, the enemy has been defeated in my life. And, and I, you know, I don't have any panic attacks. I'm, I'm not sad. I'm not upset. I'm not depressed. You know, there's no anger there. It's my life has complete 180 just so many blessings on blessings on blessings and it's crazy and everywhere I go I want to share my testimonies I say testimonies because it's just blessing after blessing after blessing that I've been receiving um so most recently when she she said if you have a testimony to share so about a month ago I was praying and I started praying in the spirit and something told me to say Lord protect my job and so at the time I was like protect my job what do you mean Well, my job ended up doing a restructure and my boss lost his job and my HR lost his job and all of these people lost their job. And then a job was created for me just so that I can stay. (laughs) And it's, (laughs) (laughs) and it's crazy because now there's talks about a raise. And then recently God put in my heart that I should apply for this job. um, And that would be even bigger. And, and see, the thing is, like, I haven't really been praying for these things. Like, in my heart, like, I come and I see and hear everyone else's tells testimonies. And I'm just like, Lord, help me so that I can tithe more into the church. Like, help me so that I can bless somebody else and bring them up. Um, I, I just feel so blessed. I feel so blessed. <laughs> come on, give the Lord some praise. That's amazing. You know, there's a translation. I can't think of it now, but I'm going to have to find it where it says that whatever you ask the Lord, even if it doesn't exist, God will create it. So even if that position is not there, God will create it. He, he's a creator. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you saying amen, sir? You got a testimony. Come up here. What do you want to glorify the Lord about? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. How y'all doing this evening? Y'all might not be able to understand me too good because I'm hoarse. But uh, I plan on joining this church. And I want to give y'all some of my testimony so y'all get to know me. It ain't too much too pretty, but when I finish, it's going to be sweet. But uh, I'll stand on this. And I ask the Lord for forgiveness. But I have been a gangbanger. I have been a convict. I've been to jails. I have committed murder. I'm just being honest. A liar. I dibble in drugs. 
I done all that. But I was raised in church. But I run from God. Because I was brought up in, my daddy was an old gangster. So he, from the, <clears throat> about three months old, I was trapping the roads with him. And I idolized my daddy. Now I want to be so much like him, so I stepped into that life. I've been on my own since I was 13. It's been a hard road. But for the last two years, two, three years, I have not been in no man's jail. I'm 67 years old, and I've spent over half my life in prisons and jails. Also, I'm a veteran. And uh, my turnaround came, and God delivered me the day my mama died. I buried my mama January the 10th last year. And that's when I knew I had to change. I'm not where I want to be, but God delivered me. I was out there living on the street. I could have went home. I got home. I could have went back to California. Oh, yeah, I'm from Los Angeles. I got 13 kids out there. I could have went home, had a roof on my head. But you know how in life, you live in that life, you think you're happy. Today, I can stand here and say I wasn't happy until, about, until I buried my mama. Cause that's when I started changing my life, turning my life around. I went and got me a roof over my head. But it was all by God's doing. Amen. I always thought everything I had. See, I wasn't supposed to see 18 years old. Because that's how bad I was out there. I was so bad I had to sleep with a gun every day. In the streets of Los Angeles. But, uh... God seen something to me. Amen. Today I can stand here and say that because yes. I died twice on the operating table. God brought me yes. back. Yes. Also, I was married for 33 years. My wife passed away while I was in prison. I tried to commit suicide twice. I had a train nudge me right here in the stomach. And the conductor looked out the window and said, no, I don't mind watching. Not. I run out in front of Rush hour traffic did nothing touch me. I was out there so bad wanting to go to be with my wife. I was out there trying to get people to kill me because I tried to do everything to try to get somebody to do something bad to me. But you know, today I can stand here in front of everybody and say that is a God. Because I'm still here. And I know he got something for me. But I just... I got, to, I got to learn how to let go. Amen. Yesterday, I seen something awesome. And from yesterday, that's why I'm standing here today. Because I want what y'all got. Thank you. Praise God. God loves you, sir. And he's, he's just getting started with you. He's preserved you for a reason. 
Hallelujah. Brother Rem, and then we're going to get started. Praise God. I'm, I'm excited for my brother's testimony. Yeah. Before I move on, but just a quick thing. We told him, you know, I, it's like uh, I share with some brothers today. Just share with your minds. Like, that's why we do what we do. You know, for, for, for I told my brother yesterday, you can ask him. I prayed with him and I said, look, brother, if we came here just for you, my church, we would do it all over again. And because we truly believe that, you know, I mean, hey, we don't seen it many times. And, 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 and man, I, I get so I'm 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 so excited inside because I, the way God transforms lives, you know what I mean? God is good. God is so good. But uh, I want to share a quick testimony. I, I was going to share. A, a, I wasn't going to share, but. You know, spirits say, get up and share, you know, God, you know, so uh, how many of you think, know that uh, what the enemy intends for bad, God turns it around for the good, always, right? And, uh, you know, uh, some of you know that my, my daughter lives in Florida and she was pregnant, and had, you know, my wife was over there all, all week and uh, left me with no food in the house. <laughs> so the testimony, so the testimony where is she at? So we can so anoint her with is, oil. So the testimony is I had $20 stress for the whole week. <laughs> no, hey, no, I'm just joking. But she was over there with my daughter. You know, uh, she felt she was having contractions ready to have a baby, right? And uh, she left on Thursday or Wednesday of last week. And uh, she didn't end up having it. So my wife had to extend her stay, right? And... Uh, here comes, uh, this, was sun, this was Sunday. She said, man, I'm going to have to extend my stay. I called my job. I said, all right, well, just stay there till when she has her, you know. And uh, they said they were going to induce her Tuesday. Tuesday come, they, 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 she, they admitted her in the hospital. She didn't have her Tuesday. I'm like, man, man, I'm texting her all day long, man. Where's this little dude at, you know? <laughs> and uh, he didn't come Tuesday. Wednesday. I'm at work all day Wednesday. I'm, Pastor George called me like twice. He's like, man, nothing, nothing. I said, man, nothing, man. This little dude don't want to come in this ugly world. And, uh, but when she had her, it, it, it was while we were having service here, Wednesday night, with Pastor Jesse ministering. And, and the moment she had her, when, 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 when it, it was when uh, we were closing here. We were about to close. And... Uh, Pastor, jo Pastor Jess asked me to close, share something and close up the church. Some of you here were Wednesday, might remember. Well, while that's going on, my daughter is delivering the baby. And, 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 and while this is going on, some complications pop up. And uh, I don't know what's going on because I'm, I'm right. I'm, we're glorifying God, right? And uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor's in the back translating. And my wife texts Pastor Sandy. Uh, what was the text, Pastor? You t Pray, no heartbeat. Pray, no heartbeat. So the baby came out limp, no heartbeat. I don't know what's going on. If, if she didn't send me the text, I would have been up here like, y'all got to go home or, what, or start praying, right, or something, right? But she tells Pastor Sandy, start praying, I'm close. And 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 and, 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 and and now I'm barely finding out the whole story. I didn't even know how it all went down. Pastor told me. We, took, we shared the day. Well, pastor told me that 
Pastor George told me, all this was going down, Ram, you closing, I'll go in the back. I see Pastor Sandy, she run out the front. She's translating, she dropped the mic, said, I can't, I don't know who translated or even anybody translated. Pastor Sandy went out to the front, started going to war, you know, you know, in the front and parking lot. Don't know what's going on. I still don't know nothing. But I know I was up here, you know, and God showed me, you know, after all the fact, God showed me, Ram, you were up there. Remember you were saying, Lord, you're holy. You're so good, Lord. You're so worthy. You're, you're the only one that's worthy. You alone are worthy. Man, and it brought me to tears because I was like, man, devil, you're such a. God is so good. I mean, <clears throat> my brother-in-law got a few pictures. Check, it, check them out. Hey. Alive and well, alive and well. Hey. Man, no wonder you want to come out. He's too big for my daughter. I said, man, my daughter's only, I said, Natalie, golly, look at him. Man, I said, man, ain't nothing wrong with me. What you talking about? But you know what, man? Hey, the devil is such a liar. And, 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 I didn't, and I wasn't shedding tears the next day when I heard all this because I didn't know. I didn't shed tears because I was sad. I was like, man, God, it's like Pastor said today. I, you just continue to cease to amaze me. You know, it's like I said, it's like I said at the beginning of the year. Let this year be a year of only Jesus miracles. That's an only Jesus miracle. You know, don't tell me that God can't. You know, and, and, and what the enemy intends for bad, he flips it around for good. I said, man, this little man, little Wesley, he's already got a testimony he don't even know. He's already been set apart for the Lord. He's already been established, you know, and, 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 and God is so good, you know. And, and, and man, I was, I was just so rejoicing. I know Pastor, Pastor George told me at the moment he didn't really know what's going on. He just seen Pastor going to war over there in the front. Her eyes looked like, you know, so you got to understand. And then, and then I still don't know. I closed already and everything. And I'm over here talking to one of the brothers. Pastor comes from the back over there and tells me, call your wife. Well, I said, I gotta, I'll, I'll talk to you in a minute, brother, because Pastor ain't just going to tell me, call, call Mida, call your wife. So I knew something was up, right? And then I looked at my phone, miss FaceTimes, miss calls, miss everything, right? I'm like, dang, I'm in trouble. She, she, so what ha so when she said, pray no heartbeat, I, I just dropped the, the thing and I went out there and I started praying. You got to immediately take every, you know, no go fear, to the throne. No fear, And then I, and I did tell her, I said, text me as soon as the heart starts beating. Come on, come and on. And then all she texts is, heart is beating. Come on. And I wanted to tell him so bad, but I, that's not my place. So I said, call your wife because she has great news. Hey, <laughs> we serve a good God. Amen. Hey, and, and, and one thing that he showed me, one thing that I told some of the brothers today, we were eating lunch, pastors and, and uh, brother JR, but, but, but I said, man, we praise God for the stuff he's done and the stuff we see. But man, if he could show us a glimpse of the, what's going on behind the scenes that he does for us that we don't know. You don't know in the spiritual realm. Stuff that he done, stuff that he kept us from, stuff that, you know, this and that, the unseen. You know, the Lord told me, man, if I could just show people a glimpse of what I did for them behind the scenes, they would be on their knees crying for me. Amen. God is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's so awesome. That's it. 
Glory to God. God is perfect. He knows the beginning and the end and everything in between. And if we just trust him, yield to him. He, the Bible says that he perfects everything that concerns us. So it's like you can choose to yield to him and trust him and believe what the Bible says. That all things were together for the good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So your love is your obedience towards the Lord. Your love is your service unto the Lord. And there's a confidence that arises from knowing that that's what you're doing. And it gives you a boldness to be able to go to the throne like he instructs us to do. Come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain. Amen. And so... God never ceases to appease me. It's so awesome. So good. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians. I'm going to continue on spiritual maturity. Who's, who's been blessed by these? I know we've gone over this, but um, there has, you know, people that have been added and and it's always a good reminder. Amen. And um, hold on, let me see. Glory to God. I might want to go somewhere else. Hold on just a minute. Who was blessed by those testimonies? Who was encouraged by that? Um, Ephesians, yeah, Ephesians 4. Did I say Philippians or I said Ephesians? Okay, Ephesians 4. And then uh, let's start at um, 1. And we'll start there. I'm talking, there's five different stages in the Greek of, of from child to adulthood. And we are comparing these to our spiritual life. And this is to help us see where we're at. Amen. God's will for each and every one of us is to grow. And uh, the Bible says, in Ephesians 4.1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation. No, no, okay, go to seven, I'm sorry, seven. Verse seven, chapter four, verse seven, I apologize. But unto every one of us is given grace, say grace, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts. Say gifts. Say gifts. Say gifts three times. Unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower part of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers 
What, for what purpose? For the perfecting of the saints. Who is the saints? We are. For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. Say work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. For the work of the ministry is not to perfect you to be a pastor. You necessarily on the fivefold ministry is whatever area in, in, the, in the ministry God has called you. Or even the ministry of, you know, reconciliation. Telling people about Jesus. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Say perfect. Unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. Wow, that's a standard, right? That we hence be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. You know, there's, 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 there's people and forces that are set out to deceive you. And it's important that if you're going to overcome and if you're going to have discernment and know from right to wrong, it's important that you grow. Amen. That you no longer are tossed around. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. Into who? Into Christ. We're growing in Christ. Amen. The Bible says, I believe Peter said it, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the precise knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it matters that you have a relationship with Jesus. It matters that you engage in the word of God because Jesus and the word are one. And it matters that you're not just here of the word, but that you are a doer of the word. You know, the, the most proof that you love Jesus is, what is, the, what is the, the number one proof that you really love Jesus? Obedience. Obedience to what? Obedience to his word. Obedience to his command. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And, and, and the second is like unto the first one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right? That's what it says? Yeah. And then upon this law or command hangs all the laws of the prophets. So if you fulfill this one, you don't have to worry of thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You don't have to worry about... You know, one thing that people make a mistake when they give their lives to Jesus is they try to focus on what they shouldn't be doing. And Christianity is not a book of just rules. Don't do this, don't do that. That's not how people change. People change when they encounter the love of Jesus. When the love of Jesus comes inside their lives and, and shows them a better way, shows them a better life, like they've never known it, and all of a sudden, the, the don't do start slipping away your desires start changing because you're made it your aim to fall in love with Jesus and when people are like I shouldn't be doing this I'm trying to stop to do this listen focus on falling in love with Jesus like never before focus in becoming who God has called you to be 
The Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It says that he took our sinful life, our messed up life, and everything that came with it. And in return, he, in exchange, that's why it's called the, beauty, the, the beautiful exchange. In exchange, he gave us righteousness. A right standing with himself. We didn't have that right. We were sinful. Wicked. Dirty. Couldn't stand before God. But now because Jesus took our messed up life. And he, in exchange, he gave us his righteousness. Not our righteousness. We didn't do it. He, it was his righteousness. Jesus never sinned. He died a sinful a death of a, of, a, of, a, of a sinful criminal. He committed no crime. It was our penalty. It was our sin. It was our crime that he died for. And in exchange, he gave us his righteousness. And he wants that to become so real to you that you are right, that you are righteous, that you are clean. Though your mind will try to tell you, no, you're not. Look what you did. No, 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 no. The blood of Jesus has power to cleanse you. When you repented of sin, God not only covers your sin, he washes your sin. He makes you new, squeaky clean, pure, white as snow. You squeak when you walk. No, just kidding. But you need to believe that. Your mind... Listen, your heart has to know it. Your mind might tell you something, but you can deal with this. You can deal with this. You just got to speak to it, and you just got to renew it. Renew the spirit of your mind. You just got to tell it, and immediately. It's a warfare. The battle of the mind is a warfare because it's constantly trying to, you know, uh, 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 cast imaginations that exalt itself against the knowledge of God, and you got to tell your mind to shut up, and you got to renew it. Don't let thoughts linger of the past or of the old or of defeat or of this and that. No, you tell it. I've been washed in the blood. I have new life. I have the righteousness of Jesus and I'm in right standing. And there is no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus that walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. And... Wow, I went so <laughs> I'm like, where am I? <laughs> Brother Dennis, the Lord's been good to you, right? God did something to you today. Come share it. And, and I apologize that I messed up your name on my life, but I fixed it. I don't normally call people up like that because I, I don't do that. I don't do that. No, no, you don't know. Just this morning. Just what happened? Something Hello? happened. Uh, yeah. Um, the white boy that speaks Spanish. <laughs> I, uh, we were attending in other churches. Uh, Fellowship of the Woodlands for 10 years. Then we attended uh, North Central for around 10 years. And... Um, just to make a long story short, to say what happened is that uh, I, was, I got stale. I got dry, um, doing things I shouldn't have been doing, got myself back into the world. And uh, while my wife was in the ministry, my kids in the ministry, um, 
have a, a, a praying wife and, and have a, a wife that fast. And my kids, you know, being mentors uh, in, in the church and everything. And I was checking the boxes, going to church, doing the Bible studies and doing all I could do. But I was numb. I was dry and I was just got stale. And then I found myself back into the world doing things I shouldn't be doing. And my wife and I had some marital problems last year. And my life got shook up. And because of that, she said, we need to go to another church. And I said, okay, I'll do whatever I got to do. And lo and behold, I was invited to this church not realizing what was going to be here, what was I had in for. So I just want you all to know that, you know, these dry bones are not dry anymore. Thanks to Sister Sandy. You know, I tell you what, I, I have been... Man, you know, just the first time we came here to this church was in uh, November uh, for Thanksgiving. And when I came here, because I was from the streets too, and that's part of my testimony I'll tell later. But when I came here, I had all these brothers, man, come up to me and give me hugs. Like we're a familia, you know? And I was like, ¿sabes qué? ¿Qué te pasó, you know? It just, I felt like, you know, my friends from a, you know, school in the neighborhood. And, and I'm like, is this happening? You know, but I felt the love. I felt the passion, the warmth when I came here. So I told our other pastor from the other church, and I mentioned to a lot of brothers that, hey, uh, I just want you all to know from the beginning of the, the new year, we're going to start attending this church and we're going to become members. So I just want you to know that, uh, you know, there's power. The anointing of God is really here, folks. If you just open your heart, and, and, and not resist. And I can tell you something that was funny. I haven't really told too many people. But when I first started coming here, I was sitting in the back back there. And Pastor Sandy was preaching. But my, I'm going to tell you this. I was dodging. I was dodging the word. I'm sitting there still, but I'm dodging the word. And then they're just coming at me. And I'm like, Shh. you know, I'm doing all I can to move. But she kept preaching so hard. I couldn't move no more. One just came shoot like a double-edged sword and sliced me up, and it was it. And I said, okay, God, I'm done. I give. I give up. I give up. So I just want you all to know that th this church is on fire, and, and I'm going to be a big, we are, my family's going to be a big part of this, and we're going to move forward, and we're going to start preaching the gospel. Amen. for piercing him with a word. God is good. Let's try this again. Did I finish reading? That we may grow up into him. I don't even, I don't know. God is good. Are you? God is good, amen.
God is, is awesome. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto edifying itself in love. So I believe the NLT says that when we're all each doing our part, and which when we grow, then we begin to fulfill just that. Doing each of us our part in the kingdom. Maturity does that in one. Maturity causes you to be somebody that, you know, um, uh, uh, you take your place no matter what. You take your place in the kingdom. And when you do that, the reason why it's important that you do that, because have you ever, you hear me say this a lot, that the decisions that you make, whether good or bad, are not only going to just affect you for the good or for the worse. It's, it's going to affect more people than you know. And that's why it, this, script, this, this uh, verse right here, it says that when we, each one is doing their part in the kingdom, fitly joined together, it, it helps others do their part in the kingdom. So you taking your place and, and seeing to it that you continue to grow in the things of God. We never stop growing. We never arrive. We never get to a place, ay, 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 ay. you know, I'm, I, I'm here. Um, I know everything. That we never get like, we just go from one level of maturity to another. Amen. And, 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 and that's not going to stop until Jesus returns. We're going to ever continue to grow. There's new levels that God has for you. And the Bible says if you're faithful in the little, God will make you ruler over much. Amen. And so it's important that you find it important. Because nobody can do this for you but you. Nobody can grow you but you. God has even, you know, the gifts to the body of Christ is the fivefold ministry. But even then, you have to decide. You have to believe that it's God's will for you to grow. You know, it's God's will. You know, you're born again. You got to grow into this new life in Christ. And, and, and you got to see to it that you do that. That's why it's important that you know that there's blessings for obedience and there's curse for disobedience. The Bible says the curse costless does not come. It just doesn't come just because you can provoke it in your life by acts of disobedience. But when you uh, obey the Lord, I, how many of you remember last week I gave seven blessings that result of being perfected? Who seriously, because I took the time to give you the seven and all the re reference scripture, who seriously went and looked at it? Be honest, it's okay, you're going to hurt my feelings. Two people. Three. And so, was that awesome, Brother Alex? Especially what? Best week ever? What was the best, like, come, come here. I'm pulling a Pastor Jesse. These have been great. Oh, 
What stood out to you? I got some pages. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I was just blessed because the Lord gave me time, I mean, at work, which, you know, I, I just sit there and take calls. Whenever something goes down, they call me. But when they don't call me, then I get my own time to do whatever. So the Lord gave me all this time to go over every verse, and then I just sat there, and I'd pray about it and just think about it and then just write whatever came. And, uh, and, and a lot of the stuff you're already saying. So, I mean, <laughs> praise the Lord. Um, One thing that stands out to you from your 50 pages. Well, I think, I think a lot of this, the just, just changing the whole mindset of, of everything that we're doing, like this, this Christian walk, like we can't, you know, come at it just like, you know, playing games or uh, I, I kind of had the comparison in my mind of, of people who come at it with religion. It's like, you know, they're building a Lego set. Like, they're like, okay, step one, you just do this piece. Step two, you do this piece. And then at the end, you're like, okay, I checked off this whole list, so now I'm good. But that's, that's religion. That's not, that's not what we're doing. We're not, you know, playing games. But this is warfare, so you have to be training like you're in warfare. You have to be serious about what you're doing. And, and when sin tries to come up and, and you know, get up on you, you got to be you got to be ready to attack it and say, no, I'm not going to let that happen because God has a future for me. God has a plan for me. And like Pastor Sandy is saying, like, what you're doing is going to affect what the next guy is going to be able to do. So if you're not taking, taking it seriously, if you're not waking up every day being like, all right, I'm going to fight today, Amen. and you just wake up like, oh, I'm just going to enjoy my day and play my Legos, it's not, you're, you're, you're not going to be growing the way that God wants you to grow. Like, you have to be ready. You have to be... Um, uh, always on guard, always on edge. Like uh, when I was uh, training to be part of the security team at the last church, like they like they say, you got to be completely focused. You got to always keep your eyes. You keep looking around. You keep looking around. You're not looking for specific people, but you're looking for specific behaviors and how they're acting and stuff like that. And we got to be like that with the enemy. Like the enemy is just waiting for you to just look down at your phone and just be distracted because he's going to come up behind you and hit you in the head or you know, do whatever. Like, he's, he's going to take advantage of every little thing that you give him. And so you, you, can't, you can't give him an inch. You've got to be ready at all moments, ready to, to, ready to take him on. Praise the Lord. That's good, Alex. Thank you for sharing that. That's good, right? Stop playing your Legos. Get serious. Praise. I was telling that somebody earlier. Not like the leg, not that, but, but it's a serious thing. You know, it's a serious thing. There's no in between. There's no like, you're just yourself. You either belong to the Lord or you don't. And if you don't belong to the Lord, there's just one other that you can belong to. And you cannot like say you belong to the Lord, but yet want to do your own thing in your own life. Because we used to be like that. Now we've been, you know, uh, draw, we've drawn near to the Lord. So today, it, it's not long. The, the next level, which is the second one, the last one was the Nepio. Right? Today is the, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Padeon. 
P-A-I-D-I-O-N, son. The Padion son. In the natural realm, which I'm talking on spiritual maturity, in the natural realm, this is the, do you remember what the, what the Nepio son was? Zero to two age, right? In the natural realm, this is the stage, the, the Padion son, or stage, is a child between the age of two and 12. And at this age, the child, or the Padian son, has his own will. And there are several important aspects that we need to make reference to at this age. Now, 1 John 2.13, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified Translation. 1 John 2.13, and when you find it, say amen. 1 John 2.13, and it says, I am writing to you fathers, those believers who are spiritually mature, because you know him who has existed from the beginning. I am writing to you young men, those believers who are growing in spiritual maturity, because you have been victorious and have overcome the evil one. I have written to you children, those who are new believers, those spiritual immature, because you have come to know the Father. So there's different levels. Did you see that? And so who is the Padion? It is an individual. This is who this is. It is an individual who is emotionally immature in his conduct and in the way he speaks. An emotionally individual, emotionally immature, say emotionally immature, in the way that he acts and in the way that he speaks. You know, one of the things about uh, uh, that I, even being in church, because it's talking about a believer, and, and, and it, is, it is not a good place or not a good feeling to be led by your emotions because it's in, there's instability in that. And we're not called to be led by our emotions because our emotions are moved by our senses, you know, if they're not trained. And so if everything's good, we're good. If everything's not good, we're not good. And, and that's how not we're... I know what it is to be emotionally moved and, 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 you know, going on your feelings. It's an ugly feeling. I don't think nobody likes to be like that because it does, it, it, it's not a good place. It's a, there's a lot of unstabilism in that. And it's a wonderful thing to know that you can grow to a point in your life because God has provided us to be able to do that if we learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. And to know that when we do, when we do that, that we can determine how we're going to feel. That we're no longer going to tell our feelings, how we're, let our feelings tell us how we're going to feel. 
Uh, how many of you have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Smith Wigglesworth says that when he used to get up in the morning, he didn't used to ask Smith, Smith himself how he felt. He says, I tell myself how you're going to feel. And when you grow up, that's what happens. You don't let how you feel move you. You don't let how, excuse me. You don't let, like if you, if you, if something happens, you might not feel good or, or, or the report or somebody did something or, you know, your body doesn't feel good. You know, you used to be moved according to the temperature. And, 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 but it's, it's beautiful to know that, you know, something can happen and it has nothing to do with how you're going to feel. You know, uh, uh, um, you might not feel like, some of you might not have felt like coming to church today. But because you've grown to the point where like, I'm not going to, it doesn't matter how I feel. I know what, it, what is right to do and it's to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday. And so you're able to dominate your, your, your feelings and the flesh. But the, the Padian son can't. It is an individual who is emotionally immature in his conduct and in the way that he speaks. What are the characteristics? Let's go through these briefly. I feel like we don't have church already. <laughs> but let me, let me get this out. And the, I'm, I'm taking these weeks to share on, on, the, on the different uh, 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 types of growth and, you know, in the natural, comparing them to the spiritual. But then I, after I'm done with these, I'm going to go into growing up spiritually and just chart giving you the word concerning that. Amen. And so what are the characteristics of the Padian son? Number one, he has no control over his tongue. I just tell it like it is. Well, don't. Just going to give you a piece of my mind. You need your mind. Keep your mind. Don't stop giving it away. <laughs> but that's the natural world, you know? We used to just, I was like that. You see how I minister? If anybody's glad that the Lord changed me, it's my husband. <laughs> because I was telling your wife, the one that knows you the most is your spouse. <laughs> because they're, you know, they've been with you. They're side to side by side. But, but you know, you just, well, I can't control. I just got to tell it. No, you can't. You will. Maybe not at first, but you learn. Amen. When you, so he has no, or she has no control over the, their tongue. He or she is a believer Remember, these are believers who, who criticize, judge, use foul language, and sometimes they throw in a little white lie. And the tongue is powerful. It's, it's, a, it's powerful. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it will eat their fruit, the fruit thereof. If you speak life, you will reap life. If you speak curses or cursing, then, you know, you, words are creative, have creative power. You know, there's a saying that says, sticks and, what does it go? 
Words can actually kill you. Because words are powerful. Words, if you study words, they're containers. That's why the Bible says that we are going to we, that, 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 that we are going to give an account for every idle word. And if you've ever said anything out of your mouth, you've given it life. Whether good or bad. It just, words don't just go off in the air and disappear. They're seeds that you have planted that have creative power. And that is why it's so important to grow in this area and to, and to, and to, you know, you can't control your, you can't control the tongue in itself. The way the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it. So you can't try to say right when your heart is not being, your mind is not being renewed. If you're going to take care of the tongue, you got to take care of what's inside of you. The, the, the tongue is only going to speak what has been, what's inside. That's why it's not like, how did I say that? Because it's in there. <laughs> that's how you said it. And listen, and if that's you and you're, you know, you're, this is your, you're learning and you're growing. Don't beat yourself up. If you ever say anything that you shouldn't have said, be very quick to repent and say, Father, I thank you that that word uh, uh, doesn't come to fruition. In the mighty name of Jesus, I repent in the mighty name of Jesus. And, 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 and then do what you know that you ought to do. Continue to renew, renew your mind. Continue to put the word of God on the inside of you. The more, you know, we're like sponges. I believe Pastor Jesse said this on Wednesday. We're like sponges and we're observing whatever we're listening to, whatever we're hearing. And, and, and then so what, what, when you get squeezed, what comes out of you? Is it, is it blessings or cursing? Life or, you know, words of life or, or, or negative or, you know, a lot of times people's problem is, is not, it, it, it's, it's the, you can always, it's the tongue. I, I tell some people, if you don't like where you're at, check the words that you've been speaking. You know, because you can be going to church, you can be reading the word, but yet you can get into talking negativity. Somebody will call you that's not even serving the Lord and you give them your time in the day and they start talking, they start gossiping, they start talking negative, they start talking about the pain, this, this, blah, 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 blah. And, it, and it's like, by association, you're, all, all those, their words are not falling to the ground, they're coming in you. They're sowing into you. And so the Padian, one of the characteristics is that he has no control over the tongue. He is a believer who criticizes. I'm going to tell you one thing. Choose your associations wisely, even people in the church. Don't sit at tables when people are criticizing other brothers and sisters. And I know I'm the pastor, but much less... Your leaders don't partake of that people that are critical why, 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 why are they doing this why are they doing that blah, blah, blah. you better remove yourself from that table if you don't have enough guts to be the one to correct it remove yourself
If people feel comfortable around you, blankety blank, 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 blank. And I'm talking about Christians. Or somebody that lies about something. I got really quiet. But this helps because I've seen it all. Well, not all, but a lot of it. And I know what helps people. I know what hinders people. And I know what people's ends up being their downfall. And that's not going to be your story in Jesus' name. And you're not going to be the reason why somebody falls. You're going to be the reason why somebody wants to be on fire for the Lord. Hallelujah. Doing what is right in Jesus' name. In James 3.2, there's a lot in James. Listen, if you want to help yourself, read the whole book of James. Because it's all about the tongue. And there's power in the tongue. And so, in James 3, let's see here. I used to say Jaime in Spanish until I find out it was Santiago. <laughs> Anybody else did that? You too, Courtney? You said Jaime? Santiago. James. Hallelujah. Let me find it. James 3. I said James 3 verse 2, right? 3. Verse 2. Indeed, we all make mistakes, many mistakes. For if we could control our tongue, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. So when you control your tongue, you control your life. That's what he's saying. He's not saying we all make mistakes and we all say, no, no, no. Let me read in the, 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 the another translation. This, this one didn't do much for it. I don't like that we all make mistakes. We're all sinners. We're all, no. Oh, the Amplified. It says, for we all stumble in sin in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, if, if anyone does not stumble in what he says, never saying the wrong thing, he is a perfect man. That is what, what we're becoming, a perfect man, which he is fully developed in character without serious flaws, able to brittle his whole body and reign his entire nature, taming his human faults and weakness by controlling the tongue. The Bible says that you're able to control your life. Isn't that powerful? The same as a perfect man and able also to brittle the whole body if a man offend not in word. Can we get to a point where we speak life and say the right things? Yes. And if you speak life, you reap life. Amen. 
The Bible says that the tongue is like a rudder of a boat. It's, it's small, but it, 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 it determines the course. And it's able to, to turn a big ship just by the rudder, just by the tongue. And if the young adults that you were here, you learned about that, right? Or you heard about that. I heard it was about the tongue. So um, that's awesome. And um, in James 1, Nineteen. What does it say? So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. So the Bible tells us be quick to hear and slow to speak. There's a proverb that says that a fool blabbers everything that he thinks. And just lets everything come out of their mouth. And we shouldn't be like that. Amen. So, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word. In what? Word. He is a perfect man. What's a perfect man? A mature man. Able also to brittle his whole body. So, that's number one. He has no control over his tongue. He is a believer who criticizes judges, uses foul language, and at times lies. Number two, the characteristics of the Padian son. He is friendly with the things of the world. He is fr friendly with the things of the world. In James 4.4, 4, it says this. What does it say? Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. Well, we can keep reading. Do you think that the scripture said in vain, the spirit that dwelled in us lusted to envy? But he giveth more grace, wherefore he said, God resisted the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Well, I read, I read too far, but, but so we're not to, you know, um, be friendly with the systems or the things of the world. The friendship of the world is enmity with God. You know what, 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 it, what it basically is? It's spiritual adultery. Friendship with the world is spiritual adultery. That sounds horrible, right? It's unfaithfulness to God. Sir, you know, you're born again. You've given your life to the Lord, but yet you're, that, that's what the, the children of Israel did. unfaithfulness to God it, it's his friendship of the world is spiritual adultery and unfaithfulness to God and our pledge of commitment to him it involves embracing 
the world's attitude. That's what friendship with the world is. Embracing the world's attitudes, values, and sinful ways. And God will not accept such friendship. He is a jealous God, the Bible says. Exodus 20, verse 5. Deuteronomy 5, 9. It says that he is a jealous God. He wants you. Amen. And he doesn't want to share you. Do you would you be happy by sharing your wife? Sharing your husband? God doesn't want to share you either. He's a jealous God. <laughs> Some of you, I made y'all mad already. You're like, <sighs> what? Heads rose up like. God wants, say, God wants me all for himself. Let me, let me read this one in the message. James 4. I don't, I don't know how it reads it, but I have a note here. Uh, let's see. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, it says you are cheating on God. If all you want is your own way, flirting with the world, every chance you get, you end up enemies of God and his way. And do you suppose God doesn't care? The Proverbs has, has it that he's a fiercely jealous lover. And what he gives in love is far better than anything else you'll find. Anybody discover that already? Where else will we get what God has given us? Who can do us like our Jesus? Why would we want to go anywhere else? He's filled every void in our lives. Has he done that for you? Has he done what no one has ever been able to do? No pill, no drug, no drink, no relationship, no sexual, nothing. Nothing, nothing has done us like Jesus has done us. He's filled every void. He hasn't put a bandit on us. He took, he took it straight to the root. Amen. Life like we've never known it. Jesus did it. <laughs> Only Jesus. Isn't that the most wonderful thing? That, the, 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 what, you know, when you, when you come to him and encounter him, what, what, you know, the, that void and that being unsatisfied, how, that's how I found myself in 2004. I knew of God. I went to church, but even then, so unsatisfied, like there's something missing. And it was, it was, it was the Lord. It was me not just having heard of him, but me actually, or, or knowing of him, but getting to know him. And that changed everything. It filled every void. It healed every wound. Or he healed every void. He healed every wound. He went into the root. Hallelujah. Has he done that for you? 
How many of you will never get tired of thanking the Lord? If that's all God did, man, come on. The peace that he's given you, the joy that he's given you, the sound mind that he has given you, the awesome friendships and relationships that he has given you. You can actually have fun with people and not be messed up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. God is so good. Miss <laughs> Elizabeth. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. So the, the Padian son, he is friendly with the things of the world. Adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. I have other scriptures on this note that um, I want to read. Well, in yeah, I read that already. And then um, I have a scripture here in Jeremiah 3, 20. And I don't know what it says, but I'm going to pull it up. I just write these scriptures down. Hallelujah. It says, surely as a wife treacherously departs from her husband, so have you dealt treacherously with me, O house of Israel, says the Lord. In the NLT it says, but you have been unfaithful to me, you people of Israel. You have been like a faithless wife who leaves her husband, and I, the Lord, have spoken. So that's what, that's what he, he's saying. You, had, you have me, and you're, le you're, you're going off. You're putting other idols before me. You're committing spiritual adultery. Isn't that, that's deep, right? It's a serious thing, like Brother Alex was saying. In Isaiah 54, Five, it says, your, for your creator will be your husband. <laughs> the Lord of heaven armies is his name. He is your redeemer, the holy one of Israel, the God of all the earth. Hallelujah. He's your maker. He's your provider. He's your caretaker. And he knows how to do that well for you. Amen. Just keep growing in him. Keep finding out how awesome he is through his word. Through encountering him. Through your prayer life. Worship him in the beauty of his holiness. Draw near to the Lord, the Bible says, and he will draw near to you. God says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't even know of. Hallelujah. He's your everything. 
Don't ever say you're not alone. Don't ever say you don't have help. Don't ever say negative things. Look unto the Lord. From where does my help come from? My help comes from my maker, the Lord that created heaven and earth. He's your father. Hallelujah. You, if all, somebody said, I don't have nobody. All I have is God. You're in good hands. I always tell people that. You're in good hands. If, all you, if you had nobody and all you had was the Lord, praise the Lord. He's all you need. It's not a bad thing. Just look unto God. Look up to him. Look unto him. And, he'll, and, and the more you, you grow in him, the more he reveals himself to you. And the more he reveals himself to you, the more you love him, the more your trust grows. Because you know of him. You know, you know he's a good God. You know he's a good provider. He's done great things for you. He's the one that, not with, that, that did not withhold his only beloved son, but deliver him up for us all. And that the Bible says, will he not along with him give us everything else? The Apostle Paul got that revelation. He's the one that revealed that to us. God, imagine that. He's, he's your father, the maker, creator. He's your husband. He's your everything. He knows you by name. He knows the number of hairs on your head. Hallelujah. He knows the, he's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He knows everything about you. Nothing catches him by surprise. That's why I was telling my sister, I said, you know, I, I sit there and I think about it. I said, you think that caught God by surprise? No, it didn't. But it matters what you do. It matters what you're doing and it matters what you do at that moment. Hallelujah. But God is a good God and he's a perfect God. He's a perfect God. And he will perfect that which concerneth you. And then and, and he has good and he has perfect for you. Some of you are getting into the perfection of the Lord. Hallelujah. And so, I have another scripture on that. Matthew 6, 24. This is helping somebody. I mean, you're probably over this. The Padian son, I'm not, that's, I mean, but it's a reminder. And if, you know, we can, we can all get something and be reminded to see to it that we don't get tripped up. <laughs> Amen. In Matthew 6, what did I say, 24, it says, or Jesus said, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So God is number one, Amen. Him, he is the one whom your life belongs to. He is the one that you surrender yourself to. Remember, he is your Lord and your Savior. You can't just have him as your Savior. He saved me from hell. I'm going to heaven. 
And then you want to live as if you don't have a master or a Lord or a husband. You're going to be doing your own thing. And we're not to be doing our own thing. We're to be doing his thing. Kingdom of God, kingdom purpose. And if it's not his thing, it shouldn't be our thing either. The world has its own things. Second, another scripture, 2 Corinthians 6. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians 6. Um, I think it is. Um, okay, yeah. 14. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. And then he says, therefore, say therefore, come out from amongst them and be separated. That's why you get all you think you're all that now. No, I don't think. I know. <laughs> Listen, don't. Don't, don't be moved by what people say. Amen. You're to live to please God. People will never be pleased. Therefore, come out from amongst them and be separated, sanctified, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Isn't that wonderful? He's talking about being holy, being separated. I think I want to read this in another translation. I think the message. Dear, dear Corinthians, he's talking to the church. I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. And then he says this. Don't become partners with those who reject God. That's what he's talking about. These people don't want God. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? I mean, like, 
like, who wants to go back? In darkness, there's confusion. There's every evil work. There's oppression, depression, all kinds of things that God brought you out of. What makes now somebody that is sanctified, holy, want to get with, with that? I remember Oral Roberts. How many of you heard the fourth man in the fire? If you haven't, go. It's one of the best messages ever. The fourth man in the fire. He talks about a, a young girl that was at church with her boyfriend. And he was, he was um, you know, a ministering the gospel. And then, and, 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 and the, the word, you know, it was hitting the girlfriend. It was getting inside of her. You know, she wasn't like, brother. No, just kidding. It was just getting in her. And, uh, but I'm glad it got in your brother. And it, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I knew it would. Because we pray for that. Get him, Lord. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we do. We're here. We're praying. And so, and so she's, you know, she's listening to the word and her heart is being touched. And then when he gives the altar call, she, res she wants to respond, but she wants him to go with her. And he wasn't, he wasn't receiving it. He was just sitting there and he was hard, you know, he, he, he didn't want it. And she was like, come on, go with me. Let's go to the altar call. Let's give our lives to the Lord. And he was not having it. And she finally said, she goes, well, if you want to go to heaven with me, I want to go to hell with you. And she went up and gave her life to the Lord. And that was the end of that. Because uh, uh, Brother Roberts was talking about you know, the, 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 third, the fourth man in the fire, he was talking about us. He's saying, if you bow, you burn. If you compromise your life in Christ, you're going to burn. Whatever you compromise to keep is the thing that is going to take you out. Did you hear that? Whatever, whatever you compromise to keep that you shouldn't is the very thing that is going to take you out. The story of Samson and Delilah. And so Shadrach, Meshach, and Mingo didn't compromise. They refused to bow. Therefore, they did not burn. We got to refuse not to compromise. We refuse to not compromise. To stand up. Amen. Or, I mean, that raw. You don't want to go to heaven with me. I don't want to go to hell with you. I'm sorry. That's the end of our relationship. And I mean, the Lord pray for them. You don't want nobody to go to eternal hell, but, but you don't, you're not going to let nobody drag you to hell. <laughs> so that's not partnership. That's war. Is light best friends with dark? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? <laughs> Do trust and mistrust hold hands? Who would, setting, who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that's exactly what we are. Each of us a temple in whom God lives. You know God lives in us? I mean, I don't even know if that has, that has to become real in you. I'm the temple. Remember this ark that they used to carry very carefully out of the instruction of the Lord? That if it was mishandled, you'd drop dead right there. 
this, this Ark of the Covenant where the presence of God was that when it landed in the house of Obedidim, David parked it there for, for a little bit. And, and because the Ark of the Covenant was parked there, the Bible says that that house was so blessed <laughs> that Dave, David said, I got to go get it. I got to go pick it up. Well, what, that, what was in there, the presence of God is in us. He no longer dwells in temples made by man. We become the, we are the temple of the living God. We are carriers of the presence of God. We are carriers of the spirit of God. He's in us. And you look at the, at the lives of the, you know, in the Old Testament, they didn't have God living in them. God was with them. God was for them, but God was not in them. That's why the Bible says that we are, we have a much better, we are under a much better covenant established with much better promises because God is not only for us. He's not only uh, with us. He is in us by his spirit of what shall we be afraid? What, what will we sell ourselves out for when we're carrying the presence of God? We, hallelujah. But that's exactly what we are. Each of us, a temple of whom God lives. God himself puts it this way. I live in them, move in them. I'll be their God and they will be my people. So leave the corruption and compromise. Leave it for good, says God. Don't link up with those who will pollute you. I want you all for myself. I'll be a father to you. You'll be sons and daughters to me. The word of the master God. That's, that's I mean, we can just stop right there. Amen. The world offers three things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. In 1 John 2, 15, and verse 16, it says, do not love the world or the things of the world. He's talking about the systems of the world, its attitudes, its... If anyone loves the world... The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. Is not of the Father, but is of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It's not of the Father, but is of the world. I have on here, 1 John, oh no, no, I already read that, Galatians 6, and I'm almost done. Is this helping somebody? Galatians 6, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Galatians 6 and in, in, uh, 14. It says, 
Um, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availed anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy upon the Israel of God. From henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Now in Galatians 6.14, in the NLT, it says, As for me, may I never boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. Let me read to you the side note. It says, the cross of Christ representing the horrible debt that the Savior suffered for our eternal salvation. That cross is now a barrier, say barrier, by which the world is fenced off from us and us from the world. That's what the, the cross did. It separated us. The world means everything that is opposed to God his kingdom, and his righteousness. How many of you know that this God is the, uh, Satan is the God of this world? Satan is the God of the systems of this world. And the systems of this world oppose God. They oppose God. They oppose his kingdom and his righteousness. For those who make the cross their life and their boast the world with all its accepted standards, values, opinions, honors, and lifestyles is no longer cherished or loved. Did you hear that? For those that make, how many of those are here today? For those who make the cross their life and their boast, Jesus, what he did for me when I think about the Lord, how he saved me. Worship team, come up here. For those who make the cross their life and their boast, the world with all its accepted standards, values, opinions, honors, and lifestyle is no longer cherished or loved. Why? Because you love Jesus. You love what he's done. You love what he did in you. And you won't trade it for anything. And for us to be crucified with Christ, what does Galatians 2.20 says? I've been crucified with Christ. Right? You know what? Galatians 2.20. I think you, Theodosia, read that in the Amplified. Right? 
Let me read that. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Yeah, in the Amplified. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. That is, that is in him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live it by faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Isn't that awesome? What does the classic say? I have been crucified with Christ. In him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith and by adherence to and reliance on and complete trust in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. It's kind of the same, right? That's good. So let me close. For us to be crucified with Christ includes our, our being crucified to the world. There is no sharing in the salvation and glory of the cross of Christ without turning our backs on all that the earthly pleasures that draw our hearts away from Christ and his nearness. So we turn away from those things. You know, what did I say this morning? That there's a, uh, uh, there's a, uh, the, the, the world is after your spirituality. There's a pressure to pull you away, to pull you back. That's why how many of you uh, uh, listened to the live that I did on, 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 on the, what was it? On distraction or focus, maintaining your focus, not being distracted. Refuse to be distracted. It's so important because there's things that the enemy will send your way just to distract you, but you have to be done with all those things. You have to be focused. You have to know that, you know, what Jesus has done for you and what he's done for you, the cross has become a barrier between you and anything that the world is going to try to pull you away from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say, that's not my portion. That's not going to happen to me. As believers, if we desire to rise to new levels of spiritual maturity, we must break away from the world and its desires and move forward. You know, you can't try to see how close you can be with still trying to, you got to jump in all the way. No ankle deep, waist deep, all the way in. Amen. Because that's how you get in trouble. You can't be one foot in and one foot out, foot, foot out. You have to jump in, amen, all the way. Say all the way. All the way. You just have to just jump in all the way. Amen. amen. Not, not, that you have to just die to yourself. If you've been crucified with Christ, then you're, you died to yourself. And you've been resurrected to new life. And this life, you live it for him. Amen. So number three, also, the, the, the Padian son, he is double-minded. He's a double-minded man. And in, in James uh, 1, James 1, um, I'm, I'm closing already. My mom laughed. <laughs> I heard her. 
Did she laugh at She did, right? <laughs> she went like that. <laughs> James 1, 5. It says, if you need wisdom, ask, your, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with uh, uh, divided loyalty. That's what double-minded is. You have divided loyalty. You're, 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 you know, you have the Lord, but then there's this other thing. And so don't waver for a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. And it says such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything that they do. Say, I'm done with unstabilism. I'm being single-minded, word-minded, God-minded, Jesus-minded, Holy Spirit-minded, one way, all the way, in Jesus' name. If that's you, say amen. Hallelujah. Double-minded makes you unstable in all your ways, the Bible says. So this is one of the characteristics. It's like you come to church and you hear, you're touched, and then you leave out. And, 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 and God begins to speak to you. And he, you know, the, the, the thing is that God begins to show you. And he, you know, there's, 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 he shows you by his spirit. And he begins to lead you and be like, you know, this is hindering you. This is not good for you. And most of the time you already knew. But it's just you keep seeking confirmations because you just need to let it go. And you haven't. And then you come, you receive, and you know what you need to do. But then you go, you go right back, and it's like you don't do it, and you find yourself in the same place. That's why you need to be quick to obey. Amen. Because then you begin to just, you're double-minded. You know God wants you to do this, and then you try to convince yourself to do something else, and you have to be single-minded. Has this helped anybody? How many of you are going to continue to ask the Lord to help them grow? I think I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop right here because I am and I feel too. Glory to God.